welcome to the discover purpose podcast once again i'm actually sure that you are in for the best time of your life and that this podcast we answer every question as it pertains to the subjects of purpose this is episode one and i would just like to start with a story that explained my quest into purpose far back as 2016. yes i just gained admission into the university the state university to be precise and i joined a fellowship i'm a christian <laughs> yeah i joined a fellowship winners campus fellowship aka state university chapter and i was made the 100 level coordinator we had a team of executive that coordinate the 100 level student and i was made an executive and funny story i i was sick this day actually i had malaria and there was meeting 100 level meeting to attend to so I had to manage, you know, you're a leader, you have to be responsible. I got fellowship that day, for sure, 100 level um, student meeting. But I met something more. I actually met an interview. So that's why this episode is the interview. I actually met an interview. Um, at that time, new executive, new leaders were going to emerge to lead the fellowship. You know, it's a university. When people get to their final year, they have to, they have to graduate. And hand over the baton of leadership to another set of people. So, after the hundred level um, student meeting, after the meeting with the hundred level students, I mean, I was called upon to this interview, and of course, it was my second time attending a formal interview. So, I had a bit of knowledge and all. And on getting to the interview, I had to see my name my state of origin i even had to say the name of my school the numbers of siblings i had i was nervous so don't mind me and after reading out all my details you know one of the panelists actually asked me he said peter who are you <laughs> and i was like seriously like i just told you my name my school the numbers of siblings i have my state of origin my favorite color and you're asking me peter who am i ah, okay so I actually thought about it and I was like, um, I'm the 100 level president, uh, the president of the 100 level student in this campus fellowship. <laughs> you need to see how everybody just laughed, like, seriously? And you know, the same panelists just answered me back, what you are going to drop in a matter of months is who you are. So I was, I was actually started, I, I, I didn't know what to say. So everybody laughing, I had to think about what I need to say very, very well. So I, I just thought about it. Okay, I think this is more about why I'm on it. This is more about purpose. So I thought about um, the fact that I, I love to care for people. I, I just love to care for people. And owing to the fact that, you know, I said I was in the university, I, I already took jam prior to that time. I wrote my jam. That was my fifth jump when I was in the same school. You know, I had a whooping score of 272, picked medicine and surgery to go to the University of Ipadon. Yeah, so I done that. So I was just like, wow, very good. So I love to care for people. I love song. I love I love medicine. So who am I? <laughs> I just stood the panelists. I actually told them something funny. I was like, I'm a doctor medically. 
musically, socially, and everybody just started laughing like, seriously, uh, you're a doctor. So it was actually very funny, very, very, very funny. But the most funniest um, part is that this actually begin my my um, quest to the journey of purpose. You know, even me myself, when I record this experience, I'm actually laughing because I've grown. And you know, in the coming days after that experience, I was going to see how successful people at the peak of their career committed suicide. You know, I felt this is my purpose to be a doctor. You understand to to just care for people, you know, to arrive at a destination in my career, to be there for people, you know. And actually, you, you just need to watch the news. You need to go online and Google search, and you will see successful people, I mean, really successful people at the peak of their career committing suicide. You know, celebrities whose marriage crumbled as if they never knew anything about love and life. You know, when their songs and movie presents itself as the perfect definition of happily ever after. You know, some people even go as far as dedicating their life to sitting in seclusion. They want to know what life is more. These people have it all together, but they just have this void in their hearts. You know, some people even go as far as worshipping um, snakes, sacrificing their children, you know, and most of the time, the result is even more worse. Some go as far as is looking for solace in drugs, in women, and it's just it's just funny how at the end of the day, the reason why we exist is not spelled out. You know, we had this experience. So the questions before us is, who then are we? Why are we created? You know, most people refer to the person, the creator, the person that created us, responsible for our creation, as God. You know, and what is his perspective as pertains to purpose? You know, these are the questions begging us for answer. And the way I see it, anybody will pay a fortune to answer the question of purpose, to answer, to have an answer to the reason why they are on it, to have an answer to to why they are in this in this cosmos. You know, actually, the good thing about this generation, about Generation Z, woo, is that we have those that has that have gone ahead of us. We, we have compelling examples, compelling precedents of those that have lived life before us you understand and at times um experience is actually the best teacher you know experience especially other people experience you just need to take experience from people and you apply them and you know you have an answer to most of the questions that that um, is before you and you actually know one of the um example of these people that have gone ahead of us that is in a better position to talk about purpose in my opinion, and of course, when I sell it to you, you will buy it. Is King Solomon? Is King Solomon? You know, um, the Bible is actually the most accurate book on it, arguably. But I won't argue it. You know, when you have the compelling, um, when you have compelling, um, how would I put it now? When you have compelling um, proof, yes, that's the word. Compelling proof. You just have to. Um, accept this you know this is question about purpose and every detail matters you get so an example is king solomon but you know so that it won't be as if king solomon is a mind is someone we read that exists in a long a long time before christ exists you know some people even argue the bible they're like does it really exist so when you take example from there it feels abstract you understand but 
just three things why you should trust the Bible, why you should know that the Bible is real, and any example you pick out from it can't be can be trusted. You understand? Number one thing is actually that the Bible has the highest uh, manuscript. You know when um, it was proving how we arrived at the Bible we have today, all the manuscript that came together to um, form this Bible. You understand? To all the you know. The Bible we have today is actually not as though it was written like this since the beginning and everybody was passing into yourself, you know. At, at that time, there's no, there's even, there was nothing like paper. So how do you write the Bible? You know, people wrote on on leaves, on papyrus, on different kind of things, you understand? But when all these things, when all the manuscript, like, that is, as people were um, passing down the scrolls, what they wrote, what the materials they used to write the Bible, as people were passing it down, and it got to us to the um, level whereby we can come about this Bible. We have the highest manuscript we get. So uh, manuscript, I mean, we have the highest uh, manuscript, yes, that proves that the Bible is right. And according to um, historians, we have like 25,000 manuscripts that prove that the Bible is right. You understand? Because this is a book of um, antiquity. It's a book of the old. You know, so how do you know maybe it's correct? You know, manuscripts are proved. So we have the highest manuscript, and in in um, as it stands now in the world, when books books of old that are um, that are translated in our today's contemporary world, the Bible has the highest um, accuracy, has the highest manuscript. Don't let me waste time on that. But I just want you to trust the Bible because of this singular factor. The Old Testament has been proven. The New Testament has been proven that everything written there is actually true is actually true and like i said the bible has the highest manuscript over twenty-five thousand, or close to you know the other book of old that was translated to this present world you know the manuscript of that is only just 643 um omas iliad so the bible can't be trusted you get the bible can that's not a podcast for now maybe some other time but just know the bible can be trusted and like i said that was um me deviating wanting you to trust the bible but like i said king solomon is an example of somebody that can tell us about purpose he lived before us and he can tell us about purpose so i'll just reel out king solomon's cv so that you can we can know how king solomon lived his life you know by knowing how other people live their life how they arrive at a successful life we can also pattern ourselves you know and arrive at the same point so king solomon is somebody that actually went for purpose he actually used his whole life to practicalize you know people talked about king solomon having 700 wives 300 concubines very true first king um, 11 verse 3. if you come to um, the book of ecclesiastes written by king solomon he actually stated the reason why he went this way solomon was looking for meaning in life and that is why he tried everything he tried so solomon's cv was a robust one the Bible tells us that um, Solomon knows the true God, you know, the God that um, people serve at that time. They serve many gods, but the true God, the one that manifested himself, Solomon knew him and followed him. According to the Bible, 1 Kings 3 verse 3, Solomon knew the Lord. He loved the Lord. Another thing about Solomon, he was successful as a, in his career as a leader, as a writer, and as a great natu- naturalist. He had a successful career. That was who Solomon was. He had a successful career. He was a great leader. No one was wiser than him. 
he wrote um, over a thousand of proverbs and I, I think over 300, yes, over 3,000 proverbs and he wrote close to 1,005 songs according to 1 Kings 4 verse 30. So he was a very successful man. He was a great naturalist. He had interest in, in um, trees, in beds. You only need to read 1 Kings 4 verse 33 and you will see this. Solomon was very, 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 very rich. So one of the questions about purpose, like one of the um, factor or one of the things to consider about purpose in today's contemporary world is money. You know, anything that does not make money, <laughs> alpha. But Solomon was very, very, very rich. Solomon was very, very rich. As it, as it stands, there is actually nobody as rich as this guy. He might not have been, he might not have been the richest man to live according to um, um, science and historian. You know, they talk about one man called um, Jacob Fogel, so who has maybe more money. But Solomon was very, very rich according to facts. Solomon actually um, received $40 billion in gold every year as tribute. You know, every other surrounding king, when they saw how wise he was, how good he was, they were paying him tribute like taxes, and he received. 40,000 and um, 40 billion in gold, 40 billion dollars in gold, you know, and this makes his total net worth 2.2 trillion dollars, according to facts. You can google this out. That was how rich Solomon was in today's contemporary world. Jeff Bezos, at, at least in 2021, stands to be the richest man, and his net worth is, um, I, I think, one. 171 or 117 uh, 171 or 177 million um, billion dollars sorry so if you combine actually if you combine jeff bezos the richest man the second elon Musk, the owner of tesla if you combine um bill gates if you combine um uh, mark zuckerberg and even warren buffett they are not as rich as solomon because Solomon what was 2.2 trillion. Like there's nobody that has that factor. There's nobody that has that figure in this world as it stands. And you know the, the, the cost of good now, you know, there's inflation. And so if Solomon was living in our days, he would have been more richer. So I'm just saying all this to help you know that okay, somebody that knows the true God has a lot of wife, was a successful career man, was very rich. In fact, he referenced other gods. He worshipped other gods. You understand? So he tasted of everything life can offer. So now tell me, is this man not in a better position to tell us about, you know, let's see his experience. Let's see how far, you understand, how we went with um, his experience. You know, like I said, Solomon is a perfect example of somebody that actually um, lived his life Practical, practically, and let us look at um, Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes was the book where he penned um, all his experiences about life. You understand? So, in Ecclesiastes one, verse twelve, Solomon actually talked about the fact that he took it as a point of duty to look for the reason why we are on earth. You understand? And in verse in chapter two, he said, "I said to myself, come, be merry, enjoy yourself to the full." But I found out that this was fruitful. I'm reading for from the Living Bible. For it is silly to be laughing all the time. What good does it does? He said, I decided to try the road of drinking, still holding 
steadily to my course of seeking wisdom. He said, next, I changed my course again and followed the path of fully, so that I experienced the only happiness most men have throughout their life. Then I found fulfillment in inaugurating um, public works, homes, vineyard, garden, parks, orchard for myself and reservoir. He said, next, I taught to buy slaves, women, men and women, and other born within my household. He said, I also had great heads and flock more than any king. He said, I collected silver and gold as taxes. You see, Solomon was living his life practically, intentionally. He was not just doing this. You know, he was looking for meaning. So everything he did in his life, he came to the book of Ecclesiastes and explained that, see, I'm actually looking for meaning. That is why I acted this way. See, he said, I organized men and women's choir as my orchestra. He said, I, and then there were many beautiful concubines. I had beautiful concubines, and I became greater than any king in Jerusalem before me. He said, so that, he said, I evaluated all things. Anything I wanted, I took and did not restrain myself from any joy. He said, I found pleasure in hard work. This pleasure was indeed the only reward for my labor. He said, anything he wanted, everything he actually did not hold himself back from anything he wanted. So if Solomon was walking in the street, saw a beautiful woman, I love this woman, Solomon was going to take him. Yeah, take her, sorry. So Solomon was intentional about looking for the meaning to life. See what he said in Basileum. He said, but I look at everything I had tried. You see, tried. He said, it was so useless, a chasing of the wind, and there was nothing worthwhile anywhere. Mado. So Solomon used his life as a practical. He explored everything. Till date, no one is as rich as he. Till date, no one marries. You, how will you marry? How will you have ten, um, a thousand women at your bacon? You understand? You, you can't. You can't beat that record. He worshipped several gods. He knew the true God. He was a successful career man. So, if this man is talking, you need to listen. <laughs> you understand? I wish Solomon was here. He would have done this podcast himself. So you need to listen. You understand? But uh, um, like I said, Ecclesiastes is actually Solomon penning down. His experience. Look at how he ended it. The final um, chapter and the final verse. Let us start from the um, verse 13. He said, Here is my final conclusion after trying everything I did. Fear God and obey his commandment. This is the entire duty of man. That was what Solomon said. Solomon, the richest guy, talked about a God to fear and to keep his commandment as our only duty. Wow. It's actually very funny, but um after reading the book of ecclesiastes you know i actually penned down 10 purposeful lessons to learn from the life of king solomon and king solomon is actually one of my heroes when it comes to these subjects because he has proof you understand and one 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 by one you know i'll just take you through the book of ecclesiastes and number one is that through the writing of um, solomon in ecclesiastes we get to see that there is no meaning of fulfillment for man in anything down here. So when it comes to the question of purpose, you know, we are starting with looking out, looking at example. And King David, um, King Solomon, sorry, like one of the most successful man in the history, said that there is there is no fulfillment for man anything down here. You understand? And he said it in um, Ecclesiastes. 2 verse 1, he said, I said to myself, be merry, enjoy yourself to the food, but I found out that this was vanity. So quickly, another thing we see from 
King Solomon through Ecclesiastes is that a mortal man without a strong spiritual entity will never find satisfaction and fulfillment here on earth. If you don't have any spiritual entity, there's nothing spiritual to your life. Solomon said you will not find anything. And he said it in Ecclesiastes 3 verse 16. He said, moreover, I noticed that throughout the year, justice is giving way to crime. And even the police courts are corrupt. I said to myself, in due season, God will judge everything man does. He said in verse 18, and then I realized that God is letting the world go on his sinful way so that he can test mankind. And so that men themselves will see that they are no better than beasts. So Solomon was saying, if you don't have any spiritual um, entity, you are like an animal. There is no fulfillment for you down here. You see, if you are just reading the writings of Solomon and um, trying to arrive at what's best answers why we are on it. Another lesson that Solomon taught us is that the riches, wealth, and giving of a mortal man to people and things is, point, is pointless and depressing. So there is no eternal value in, in even giving, you know, things to people. He said in Ecclesiastes 4 verse 7, I also observe another piece of foolishness around the earth. There is a case of a man who is quite alone without a son or a brother, yet he works hard, he gains more riches, but who does he leave it all with? And why is he giving up so much now? It is also pointless and depressing. To work hard to give, Solomon said, you won't find fulfillment in this. So another lesson we learned, this one is actually very, very big. Ecclesiastes 5 verse 10. He who loves money shall never have enough. King James said, he who loves um, silver will not be satisfied. If you love money, you will not be satisfied. Solomon said so. Not me, Ecclesiastes 5 verse 10. Another lesson we learn, if you think money is not good, Solomon has another lesson for you. He said, poverty is even worse. If you won't find fulfillment in money, to be poor is even worse. And he talked about this in Ecclesiastes 6, um, verse, verse um, 1 to 6. And actually, what he was saying in verse 3, he said, Even if a man has hundred sons and many daughters and lives to be very old, but lives with so little money, so that funeral cannot be done for him, he said, it is better off that he was not born. So poverty is even worse. Another lesson, if you, um, this is the number six lesson, we learn from Solomon is that nothing is certain in this life. Nothing. A rich man, the richest as far as I'm still concerned, said nothing is certain in life. Ecclesiastes 7 verse 14. Enjoy prosperity while you can and when our times strike, realize that God gives one as well as the other so that everybody will realize that nothing is certain in this life. So this is, Ecclesiastes is the book. If you want to read Ecclesiastes, I beg you, don't use KJV actually. So that you can relate well. KJV is actually perfect, but if you want to relate in a contemporary time, you understand, you can try every other version and you will see the mind of Solomon. He said, Nothing is certain here. The number seven lesson I got in Isaiah 10 is that Solomon said, Death is certain and that is unfair. In Ecclesiastes 9, verse 3, he was saying that. Uh, the same result awaits everybody. Either you are good or you are bad. Everybody is going to die. He said there is there is no hope. He said for um, that is why men are not more careful to be good. But instead chose their own mad cause. You understand? For there is no hope. There is nothing but death ahead of everybody anyway. 
another lesson, lesson eight, is that there is such thing as eternity and everything here on earth is fruitful in comparison. Ecclesiastes 11 verse 8. We are gradually ending the book. If a person lives to be old, let him rejoice in every day of his life. But let him also remember that eternity is far longer and everything down here is fruitful in comparison. Oh, I love Solomon. A man, a man of so much caliber. You know, looked at his life and everything he did. He said that there is something called eternity and everything down here is fruitful. Number nine lesson, everything is vanity, vanity upon vanity. King Solomon, Ecclesiastes 12, verse 7 and 8. And this is what he said, And the dust returns to the earth as it was, and the Spirit returns to God who gave it all his vanity, says the preacher. Vanity upon vanity. Altar frutality. And the last lesson we got from Solomon via the book of Ecclesiastes is that the old duty of the man is unto God. And that was what we read earlier, Ecclesiastes 12 verse 13, the final conclusion of Solomon's life. After trying having money, after trying finding fulfillment in women, in drinking, in withholding nothing from himself, this was the final conclusion. He said, let us hear the final conclusion of the matter. Fear God and obey his commandments. This is the entire duty of a man. Still, still talking about experience. If you think King Solomon is not is not um, is not vast enough, or you can't trust him, he's too far, he's abstract. There are examples of people that I can place before you. And there's this woman called Stephanie Adams. She committed suicide in 2018. This woman is an American former glamour model, you know, known as the November 1992 Playboy Playmate. She jumped from a 25th floor window with her seven-year-old son. She was a very successful model. There's another called Chester Barrington, an American singer and a songwriter. Very successful. He hung himself in 2017. He was struggling with drug abuse and depression. So if you think having a lot of money, if you think being successful in career satisfies, people that have lived ahead of us said it does not satisfy. Of course, this is not to promote idleness or laziness. This is talking about purpose. How to live life, even whilst we go on our hustle and bustle, but how to find fulfillment in life. And you know, if you think it's in career because you are still coming up, King Solomon lived. He said he's not there. Stephanie Adams lived. She committed suicide. Chester Buten, um, he lived. An American singer, like I said, he committed suicide because he was depressed. There's Chris Benioff. A Canadian professional wrestler, he hung himself after killing his wife and his son. He suffered from dementia and depression. This happened in 2007. There's Tim Beglin, aka Avisil. The song, One Day, um, One Day You Leave This World Behind, So Live Alive. Yeah, yeah. This man was a very successful Swedish DJ and music producer. He self inflated himself with courts, resulting in blood loss in 2018. He committed suicide. David Bam, a successful American musician, singer, and poet, committed suicide in 2019. He hung himself. Brian Breston, in 2020, former professional e-sport player, pioneer of, of um, streaming some TV. He battled with depression for more than 20 years. He was a professional e-sport player. We have Paul Better Chowjee, in 2013, a British author, 
jumped from a cliff top a day after he, had he was declared bankrupt. He was severely depressed. Finn M. W. Kaspersen, an American financial and philanthropist, gone short after battle with cancer and anticipated financial problems. So he looked at it and he saw financial problems. He was a very successful philanthropist. He, he shot himself. There is Jeremy Blake, an American artist. He drowned himself in 2007. There is Miguel Blesser, Sp um, um, Spanish banker and businessman. You know, he shot himself on, in the chest in 2017. There is Isabel Blue, English magazine editor and muse to fashion designer Alexander McQueen. He poisoned himself. There's Eduardo Bonvalet, a Chilean World Cup player, footballer, and pundit. He hung himself in 2015. There's Anthony Boardan, an American chef, author, television personality. You know, I'm even reeling out things that people do more than, you know, some of them have like four careers, so doing well in four careers. But Anthony Ward, he hung himself in 2018. These are successful men. And they've gotten, you know, at, at some point, they suffered. See, they did not get to the peak of their career by magic. They suffered. You get, they suffered. But when they got there, they did not find meaning. They hung themselves, you know, some of them killing their wife and children. Some of them shooting themselves. Some of them self-inflicting the, themselves with wounds. You understand? So this is why the um, discussion about purpose is important. We have to connect the dots. You know, career is good. You know, religion is good, you know, and all. But why is it that people get to the peak of these things and they can't find fulfillment? You know, purpose should mean you find fulfillment. You know, when you discover why you are why you are doing something, it should mean fulfillment. You understand? It's like um, buying a car. You, you get when a car is being drove, the car finds fulfillment because this is what it was made for. You understand? It's like buying a lamp. When you own it and, and in, in, in dark places you can navigate your way, you can find what you lost, there's fulfillment for the lamp. You, you, you understand? So why are we on earth? Why is people, why are people live out of us and they can't find this answer in career? They've tried religion, some tried marriage, you know, they can't find the answer there. So how do we find the answer? How do we find the answer to purpose? This is what this podcast is about. And I actually want you to listen to every segment, every episode. And of course, like I said, you would arrive at a salient conclusion just by doing it. And you are in for the best of your life. That's all I can promise you. Thank you very much. Catch you in episode two.